We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball and the wider NBA. Sam Presti said, lower the hatch, load up the cannon, and get the tank out rolling. Catch new episodes after each Thunder game and every Sunday night. This is a house of warning doctors. Follow the Uncontested on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to catch new content as it drops. I mean, a cat and a dog connected together? This is Lou Dork. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Coming to you live from YouTube, Twitter, Facebook for our weekly 9 p.m. Sunday live stream. So if you're joining us live tonight, we already got a handful of people in the room. Thank you. From if, Brazil. If you are listening to the podcast version of this at a later time, we appreciate that as well. Please go drop a five-star rating while you're at it. It means a lot to us. helps more people see the podcast. It's just something nice to do. I'm your host, Jacob Niff, and I've got the man Kamiar Marabian along with me tonight. Oh, that's me. I'm just hanging out watching the Hawks maybe win this game. Uh, I would be very excited if they were. Um, and I also love it when the fans heckle the crap out of Giannis as free throws. I know like I already can't make my free throws, but I, I would piss my pants if the fans did that to me in full arena. I couldn't handle it. Those fans count very, very fast. It's awesome. We also have special guest on the pod today, Jacob Silva, joining us. Hello, this is a Phoenix Suns podcast, right? <laughs> Jacob Silva, now the intern at the Norman Transcript, Jacob yeah. Silva. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. A lot of, having a lot of fun there. Thanks for having me on tonight. Excited to talk some, some Thunder basketball. Oh, yeah. We have uh, Taylor Peterson is on a plane. Justin Peabody said, one, two, three, Cancun. And Nick Crane is in California, probably eating like a vegan hamburger or something, because that's what they do in California. Hey, man, don't don't disrespect the vegan hamburgers. They're fantastic. Although uh, Nick is at Lake Tahoe, and it looks beautiful, so uh, low-key jealous. Gentlemen, we are going to talk some OKC Thunder tonight. We've got some around the association to get to. But let's start off talking about the draft. We are now... 
about five days removed from the NBA draft lottery, where I think all of us were a little let down from the Thunder's spin, uh, where the NBA's tankathon spin put the OKC Thunder. So, but now that we've had some time to get away from it a little bit, I want to come back and I have a few questions about the draft and the Thunder for you guys. Let's start off, Kamiar. This whole season, we've talked about how this is a five-player draft, right? You have Cade, the Jalens, Mobley, and Kaminga. And then in more recent times, about the last two weeks, there's been more talk of it being a six-player draft, including Jonathan, or sorry, not Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, I already mentioned him. Scotty Barnes uh, in that as well. Uh, his measurements at the NBA Draft Combine, uh, jumping off the page. He's supposed to have his pro day today. I have not seen any video uh, posted from that yet, so I hope we see some of that soon. But now people are saying it is a six-player draft. Kamiar, do you think it really is a six-player draft now? Or is this just Thunder fans trying to make themselves feel better because they have the sixth pick? I personally don't care. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I mean, like, like, on, like, listen, who cares if it's a five player draft? It's a four player draft. It's a 10 player draft. Just go get the right prospect for the team that you can build around. And I mean, typically Sam Presti he doesn't miss within the top six. I think usually, mm -hmm. I don't know. He's, he's done. He's me's made out like a bandit in several ways. Uh, I've been very adamant, even on the podcast that I wanted Kaminga, uh, or somebody like a big wing several times. So I really do not care. I mean, like, does it look like it's a six player draft or people really like harping on Scotty Barnes, especially, you know, shooting in an empty gym, just like Jonathan Kaminga's shooting in an empty gym. Sure, man. And is the next player like Franz Wagner. And do you like, do we understand like the gap between one through six to Franz? Yes, Sure. But OKC is not going to draft Franz, so why? Are we, oh, fingers well, crossed. Like, no, they won't. <laughs> like, why do we care? And so, I, I personally don't care. That's that's my name. That's my answer. So, yeah. what are you saying on this? I've gone in circles, honestly, since since draft night. I've I've talked myself into it being a six player draft. Yes, with Scotty Barnes, and it's like as soon as I talked myself into that, and I was getting really excited about Barnes. Now all of a sudden he's rising. So it's like if we don't move up, we might, we might not even get him. And then as of late, I've watched more and more Kuminga tape and, you know, Kamiar, feel free to talk me into him, but I'm just like not super hyped on, on Kuminga. And like, he might be the one that drops to us now at six. If we stay there. So, Kuminga was like the, the de facto number two guy in this draft a month ago. Yeah. It's, and, it's mainly the and jump because, shot. because the end of the G league and they're like, Oh, we don't know if he's uh we don't know if he's bought into this. Now he's sliding down draft boards, which I'm fine with getting all athletic, stupid, like ridiculous, jump out the gym, hops, stretch four, get it to me. Seems like John Collins to me all over again. Maybe not as high as an IQ as you would want uh, for like basketball, but I'm all for a big wing that shake and run pick and roll with and pick and pop later on in their careers. That's what I'm worried about is the, uh, so like with Scotty Barnes, like he doesn't have a jump shot yet, but you see all the other things that he can offer to your team when he's out there playing. Uh, Kuminga, like he doesn't, he definitely does not have a jump shot. I think I just watched a video where he shot like 24% from three uh, in his one, his one season uh, at the Ignite. So I'm just, I'm worried about what else he can offer. 
I think he's going to be a good defender. Like he's huge. It's it'd be hard for him not to be a good defender. Uh, but I'm worried about the jump shot improving. And if it doesn't, what else can he offer to our team? Yeah, it seems like Kaminga, a lot of the harp on him right now is some of the inconsistencies. He makes a great defensive play, followed up by two or three, doesn't know what the heck's going on, makes a great offensive play, followed up by a couple of really bad decisions. And so, but the bright thing is he <laughs> sounds like be, a high schooler right yeah. into the NBA. He's he will not be 19 until I believe September. Uh, so he is one of the younger prospects in the draft. Um, Silva, you've kind of already tipped your hand to this, but I wanted to ask you guys, let, let's say maybe Orlando does take Scotty at five or shit. Maybe somebody takes him at three or four. Uh, do you have a preference on, and, and Silva, again, you've already tipped your hand on this, but Scotty versus Kaminga Kamiar, or is it just, it doesn't matter whoever falls, you are equally as happy with? Oh man, um, I've always been, on the Kaminga train, I've, I've been adamant about it. Like I said, I mean, I don't think Shaden needs. February, you were texting me about Kaminga. Yes, I was, and, and and like I don't think Shay needs another guard as running mate. I think I think he's good there. But despite the fact that you know they're going to play positionless basketball, that's kind of the name of the game these days, anyways. I don't think Shay needs to be paired with another guard. I think, he, and I don't really necessarily think he needs to be paired with another big center uh, in Evan Mobley. And I mean. Who knows what his ceiling is going to be? I think he needs to be paired just like with most teams that are really good initially, right? You have a good point guard or a ball handler, and you have a very good athletic jump out the gym, power forward, stretch four, big wing. And that's exactly what Kaminga is. Do, do they all have like upside? Yes. Do they all have do they all have like really different skill sets? Yes. Do they all have downsides and maybe ceilings? Sure. And that's what, that's where development comes in with all of it. So, I mean, I'm Kaminga 100%, but if, if OKC ends up drafting a Scotty Barnes, I'm not like crying tears. Like he brings a totally different skill set. He's not, he's, he can jump out the gym, but he's much more of a defender, uh, one through four, one through five on smaller bigs. He's a guy that can ball handle. He can do pretty much anything except shoot the ball right now, which is incredible. Just watching him go down the, go downhill on the court and make some flashy passes like behind the back slashing and passing to the corner. Like it's incredible. The court vision and IQ he has. So regardless, I feel fine. I'm more curious about like that pick at six. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. I was more, I was just very happy. OKC to not get seven. And I think everybody can agree with that. If it was seven, then we would be panicking. Yeah. And it was said uh, that we're sitting here talking Franz yeah. Wagner versus yeah. oh. Johnson type stuff. Exactly, exactly. So um, I'm more curious about what OKC does with 18 and 16 and how far they can move up and what prospect they would likely get from there. Because I I feel like to a lot of Thunder fans and to a lot of us, I feel like it almost seems like a foregone conclusion that OKC is going to be packaging 18 and 16 and doing something with it, despite the fact that two guys have opted out of their draft workouts that said they'd have been promised and a lot of people linking promises to Sam Presti and the OKC folks. So I'm curious to see how that turns out more often than six between Kaminga and Scotty Barnes and God help us if Suggs or Green falls a few, a few picks. Yeah, that's, that's the one other guy before we move on from six that has a chance of slipping. I think it's most likely Kaminga, but 
maybe Jalen Suggs, you know, is the guy kind of left on the back burner after, um, you know, he, he did not go to the NBA draft combine. And so maybe scouts got enamored with, with Kaminga at his pro day or something like that. And, and slides up a little bit and Suggs is the one that slips. And Hey, let me tell you, I'm totally fine with that. I've been on the Suggs train for a long, long time, but come here. The 16, 18 stuff uh, is fascinating. Like you mentioned, I think a lot of people have seen it as a foregone conclusion that something gets done with those picks. We're going to get into this in a second, but just from a sheer numbers standpoint, like you're not going to have the roster space for all of these guys. You have to make some sort of trade, right? right. How high Silva do you think 16 plus 18 can get you? I would probably say, you know, between like 11 and 13, maybe, maybe 10, um, new Orleans sitting at 10. Yeah. Um, that, that's one that intrigues. And I think Kamir and I talked about this the other night, but can you do 16 and 18 and get 10 and then ju- just absorb uh, Steven Adams contract back onto the books? Or maybe you just have to do one pick and absorb Steven Adams uh, back in, onto your, your salary cap. Uh, there might be something there, or maybe it's Eric Bledsoe that you do it for. Yeah. If Presti sees a guy that he really likes at 10, I think he'd be more than willing to bring all Steve-O back, back here Suck up the salary and who are what? Who are some of the guys you like at ten? I know we talked about some. I talked about Ooh, some oh, James Booknight. I got my guy, and it's that's, Book that's the name. The that's the name I like too. He, so dude, mark my words. He has some Devin Booker in him. All right, he, he can just he can shoot the piss out of the basketball. He's kind of got that build. He looks a little Jaw Morant esque to me. He's got some of that athleticism. He can defend a little bit. He's great off the ball. Book Knight's my guy, man. I mean, I'm afraid he's not going to be there at 10. I mean, Phoenix, uh, if they win the NBA Finals, everybody will have a little bit of Devin Booker in them in that state. <laughs> um, when I look at the draft order, Detroit, of course, despite the fact that they have, they already have what's-his-face from France, I forget. Killian Hayes. <clears throat> Killian Hayes, the one that was picked, not picked for the French national team, and Teo was. <laughs> That is correct. Uh, keep remember that it's important. <laughs> Buried him. Uh, yes, in at Houston at number two, they're picking a guard. Um, I or they're going guard or Evan Mobley. Yeah, I mean, I could see either one. They're not picking a wing to go with Kevin Porter Jr. In Cleveland, you've got Darius Garland, who they really like. Colin Sexton, who they're trying to get rid of. Yep. And so it's like, okay, could they pick Scotty Barnes? Could they pick? a guy that's a big wing, a big defensive wing to pair with somebody else, get rid of Larry Nance. And of course, Kevin loves send him somewhere. Cause he's been wanting to go somewhere for the last four seasons. Um, maybe he'll stay at the four seasons. <laughs> uh, Toronto is interesting because Lowry's gone. So they're going to pick a guard, right? So yeah, I, I think I, a lot I, of people have yeah. Suggs pegged there at four, but, uh, um, Scotty makes a lot of sense there as well. As far as like his playmaking ability, he's like a playmaking OG Ananobi, and mm-hmm. we know Toronto loves players like that. So you're already putting up one of the big wings into that top four, regardless. Mm-hmm. And so does that mean Orlando is going to go ahead and rip OKC's heart out and draft the other guard, or is OKC going to say, "Listen, you can have six, ten, or six, sixteen, and eighteen, and"? whatever else you want in the rest of the picks, you know, and if you're Orlando, what do you say? They I got 16 and 18. Yeah. 
yeah, they might want some more bites at the apple. They have like just a weird, weird roster with like not a lot of guarantees there. So yeah, and they have guards, right? They have Cole Anthony, they have Markel Fultz, they have RJ Hampton. Um, But would you be willing to? Would you be willing to send those picks to Orlando for just one pick up? One spot. You're really betting on one of the Jalen's really, really just turning it on fire. Yeah, and I don't. I think I, don't I would know do like do six and sixteen. I don't know if I would do sixteen mm-hmm. plus eighteen. Yeah, because Orlando's not in any, and they're not in any position right now to win. Yeah. Otherwise, if it was Golden State, I would say have Kemba, have Kemba, bro, and we'll figure the crap out later with salaries. Yeah, but it, it's it's so tough being you know in the lottery and teams aren't looking right there to win now unless you are Cleveland. Very much so, yeah. And from what I understand, and, and Matt Clarkson mentioned this in the chat, said, should Presty offer up some draft picks for Colin Sexton? Every indication that I've got is the Cavs are looking to to trade Sexton for a win-now move for a wing. Uh, they don't want future assets. They're actually uh, even willing to like package in future picks there in Cleveland, plus Colin Sexton to get something. They're going to try to get John Collins. That'd be interesting. I mean, they'd have to sign him to an offer sheet, but yeah, that would definitely be interesting. Talking about trading up, though, Kamiar, to number five, and we've also talked about 16 and 18. Uh, I did a little bit of research, more like half-assed research, really. That's my Uh, favorite kind of research, actually, so I'm glad we're on podcasting right now. But I did some research today uh, on times the thunder that we have reports of the thunder wanting or actually pulling off a trade up in the draft okay so hear me out on these and then if i've missed any uh, obviously be sure to to plug them in here uh last season 2020 we had you guys probably all remember the jonathan gavoni i think he was on the Woj pod um saying that okc was in play trying to trade up uh presumably targeting lamello ball um Do you guys remember this, this story that came out last year? And then the Thunder actually end up trading up, uh, but only to 17 to get Poku. So Thunder tried to trade into the top five last year, uh, still do a trade up later on in the draft. 2019, uh, former podcast guest on the uncontested, Jake Fisher, uh, had reported right before the draft that OKC was aggressively shopping Steven Adams, trying to trade up in the draft. Uh, so we had that one. Obviously, shortly after that is when the Paul Jordan and Russell Westbrook trades came through. Um, jump back a few more years, 2016. This is the year that OKC had rumored uh, a trade with Toronto to jump into the top 10 of the draft, end up trading Serge Ibaka to Orlando for pick number 11. So the Thunder definitely trade up in that draft, get Sabonis and Victor Oladipo. Jump back another few years, 2013, this was the Steven Adams draft, and and I remember this very vividly. There were tons of rumors that the Thunder were trying to trade up to the top two to get Victor Oladipo. Uh, that was Sam Presti's guy from the get-go there. Uh, obviously, it didn't happen. He got Vic later on. 2012, um, we had Brad Beal on, I believe he was on the All the Smoke podcast. Uh, fairly recent history, past year. Uh, said that he was told on draft night the Thunder were trying to trade up uh, so they could draft Bradley Beal. Another time the Thunder tried to get into the top five. Uh, And then our favorite trade-up ever, 2010, when the OKC Thunder packaged multiple picks and took on a bad contract to trade up to select one Cole Aldrich. 
I keep on thinking about the times OKC was just there to get a guy like Donovan Mitchell or Devin Booker. They were literally one pick away. Really close. And they just didn't didn't have the assets that they do now, right? And so, like, when you say, oh, Scotty Barnes, man, this dude's making a lot of noise. Now is the time for that, right? Donovan Mitchell was not going to be drafted in the top 10 or top 13 or whatever before going to the combine mm-hmm. after the combine, you find out how long his freaking wingspan is. And you find out about his jump shot and you find out just like how poised he is. And all of a sudden shoots up draft boards. Same thing for Scotty Barnes. So this is the time that all this is going to happen. And I'm curious who's going to be the biggest guy that slides. I mean, I don't think Jonathan Kaminga, despite like people worried about his commitment issues, like, and worried about something else. He's not going to be a Perry Jones because he's still a talent that you can't ignore. Um, but man, it, it, it's really interesting. Um, the history of OKC trading up hasn't been that really successful. Uh, either they, when they did, it didn't work out, or when they uh, tried, they were just narrowly off. So who knows? Um, I'm excited about draft night because I feel like OKC. Things will be happening. Uh, several things will be happening. I like, I feel okay about being at six, not because I think it's a six player draft or anything like that, but because I think Presty will get the guy he wants. Well, outside of Cade, I don't think we're trading for Cade, uh, but specifically because of the teams that are, that are there. Um, you know, we talked about like the positional issues that some of these teams have, like um, Cleveland has a bunch of guards already. If, if they offload sex and then they can draft a guard. Um, like, the Magic have a ton of huge, uh, like power forwards and centers. Like they're probably not going to get Scotty Barnes or an Evan Mobley. He's not going to slide there, obviously. But I'm I'm hoping one of these guys slides to the point where we can trade up, and it makes sense for us. Um, what do you guys think about? So is Houston going to have to move off of Christian Wood if they <laughs> get if they get Mobley? Like you you could take him anyway, right? Because he's like yeah. Really I've good. heard a lot of people talk about how those two could play together. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think you're not worried about he. If Houston is worried about fit right now, they are building the wrong way. Right. That's true. Like you don't worry about fit. You don't worry about, oh, we we signed Christian Wood. We can't draft Evan Mobley. No, you throw that out the window. Mm-hmm. You just go get the best player available. Yep. Um, so so yeah. Uh again, it's a numbers game as well for the Thunder. Something has to give. Um so we will see what happens there, but they just they don't have enough players or enough roster spots for all these players um a few people are commenting here in the chat so i want to touch on this real quick as well um we'll show this one matt clarkson uh says isaiah jackson and cam thomas rumored to have promises and presty has a history of making promises have the thunder made their decisions at 16 and 18 uh for those of you that don't know isaiah jackson the big out of kentucky cam thomas the freshman bucket getter from uh lsu yeah, man, I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. And actually, uh, one of my, one of my good buddies is, uh, Keithan. He, uh, Keithan actually went to Westmore too, uh, Jake. Anyways, um, he says, convince me the rumored promises at 16 and 18 are false. Uh, Frank Jackson was rumored to be promised by OKC. Mm-hmm. That didn't necessarily work out. So I, we'll see what happens. I, I, I really hope I will lose my mind if OKC takes those guys at 16 and 18 instead of packaging them with something because that just seems not Presty-like. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and 
I mean, the rumor of this promise is because those guys backed out of the draft combine late. Uh, and so someone said, oh, they must have a promise. And then so people immediately thought, oh, it's the Thunder. So I wouldn't put much stock into that. I think things are very, very fluid. We know Sam Presti likes things to be fluid and likes to have all options on the table. You know, the... The perfect example of that for me, Kamiar, is we talk about this trade all the time. The Thunder were on the doorstep to get Brooke Lopez until they made the canner trade, right? He kept all doors open. I mean, Brooke Lopez was pulled off the team bus to get traded to OKC and ends up um, staying with Brooklyn. And I get, was that New Jersey at that time? Or is it still, I think it was still Brooklyn at that time because um, the Thunder pulled the trigger. I don't think he's making promises over 30 days out from the NBA draft for two picks that he might not even hang on to. I wonder if it just got out that Presti like really liked those guys and maybe there was a miscommunication somewhere where they made it seem like it was a promise when really he's just like interested in those players. But I, yeah. I, I don't know. That doesn't seem like a Presti thing to do. Like you were saying to make a promise this far out too many things could happen between between then. Exactly. I don't think Presti's the kind of asshole that promises guys, but then has no intention of following through with it as well. So, uh, all right. Well, guys, we've been talking about how it's a numbers game for this Thunder roster. So let's get into that a little bit deeper here. Next season for the OKC Thunder. Here are guys that are currently under contract uh, or had a a like a player option or or a non guarantee that's already been picked up. Okay, we have Shea Gilgis-Alexander coming back to the team. Uh, as of right now, Kemba Walker coming to the team. Alexei Pokashevsky, Darius Baisley, Ty Jerome, Teo Maladone, Kenrich Williams, Lou Dort, and Isaiah Roby. Okay, that is nine players from my count. Is that correct? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. Yes. Counting is good. Counting is good. Count it like the count from Sesame Street. <laughs> One, <laughs> two Thunder players. Ah, ah, ah. So we got nine guys there. The Thunder have six picks in the upcoming draft, five in the top 36, six total. That puts you at 15. That's your roster, right? They also have the rights to Vit Kretschke, who is maybe going to be on the team. I have no clue. They have the rights to Vesele Micic, who may be coming over. We don't know. And then they have either their guys that are non-guaranteed or free agents. So I'm going to go through this list, and I want you guys to tell me, is this guy staying or is he leaving the Thunder roster this season? Silva, let's start with you, a guy that has not been in Oklahoma City very long and now mm -hmm. has COVID, poor guy. Uh-oh. Gabrielle Deck. Will he be back with the Thunder? He does have uh, a non-guaranteed contract. I'm going to go with no, um, I mainly because of the, dire the direction our franchise is going right now. I don't know if, if someone that's coming over to get their first opportunity in the States wants to be in this situation. Like maybe he wants to be uh, on, on like the Clippers or something like that, just to get more of a chance to to win and go further in a season. Um, he's, but he's one of the guys where like, I don't know how much he's gonna, really going to develop here. And I think that's what we're looking at. Uh, so we might want to save a roster spot for someone else that can. So you're going no on Gabriel Deck. Two thumbs down. Two thumbs down. All right. Call me, R. 
Recent uh, Thunder edition, Tony Bradley, yeah. staying oh, okay. or going? I thought he's a gonna, he's a restricted free agent. I thought you were going to ask me about Gabrielle Deck as well. Oh, you can give us your opinion on Gabrielle Deck. I have a hard time believing OKC would pay him four million dollars for two games played if he was not going to start this. If he was not going to start on the team next season, he might be trade fodder, but uh, I think he'll start with good OKC. salary matching that four million. That's correct. Uh, Tony Bradley. I feel like you have to say yes, but at the same time, man, he was like, he seemed like he was having a bad time at the exit interviews. <laughs> uh, so definitely I didn't pull a Mike Muscala at the exit. Yeah, interviews. Okay, he wasn't crying about it. Yeah. He wasn't crying about wanting to be back and how much he loved OKC, OKC culture. But I mean, OKC, when they also, when they shut down Shea, when they started to shut down other players, they shut down Tony Bradley too. Um, and to me, that seems like a guy that will be end up in OKC one more season. He might even be the starter, which is I'm, I'm fine with. Uh, he's played with Utah. He's played with the Sixers as a backup and as a reserve. Um, I'm I'm more than happy to have the dude back on a decent contract that they could also maneuver around. Yeah. So he was a he's a restricted free agent this summer. I don't think there's going to be a massive market for him. Portland's uh, going to offer him a three year, sixty million dollar. So and and like you mentioned, the Thunder currently uh, no centers on roster. So you would assume at some point something has to give. So we had nine players coming back. Um, Kamiar now has Deck and Bradley coming back as well. So we're up to eleven. Silva. We just mentioned him. Mike Muscala. Mm -hmm. Is he staying or going? Oh, buddy, he is staying for sure. He <laughs> is. going to throw him another contract? Yeah, it might not be very much money, but he's essentially like a, he's just a feel-good guy, just wants to be here. You want guys like that here, that like you want some, you want some people to stay. Like you don't want the, you don't want a constant revolving door. Like you need someone that's like a spokesperson somewhat of our, our franchise. I mean, Pressy didn't fly out to his house in uh, Minnesota for, for nothing. He's staying. <laughs> Yeah, and it's good to have vets around, right? Good uh, good locker room type of guys. Come here, how do you feel on uh, good old Mike? I'd feel very bad. I'd feel very bad for him if he did not stay um, because like what he said about being in OKC and Sam Presti and the team and the dudes, I'd be very surprised. Um, but I could also see him going somewhere else and making money somewhere else because OKC has their prerogatives somewhere else as in draft picks and trades. Uh, but I can also see him signing another vet minimum um, and just being on the team because he likes being here. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, they, didn't he say OKC reminded him this OKC reminded him of like back home, which is not yeah. a lot saying a much because like there's not much to do here. Um, but no, he loves OKC and, and Sam Presti knows that. And so I wonder, man, it's tough, but he specifically I, told Presti he did not want to get traded at the trade deadline. Yeah. I mean, I think Mike will be back. Okay. Yeah, I think Mike will be back. So that puts us up to 12 players. The last one, the last free agent for this team, Svi Mihailuk who came over mid-season in the Hamadou Diallo trade, Silva. They bring in Svi back. They're going to sign him to another contract, or you let him walk? The Thunder also acquired two second-round picks in that trade as well. How much was he making? Do you know? It uh, wasn't much. It was like the so. Lou Dort deal. He's probably not coming back. 
I thought he was. I thought he was all right. You know, like bet, like especially way way more athletic than I thought he would be. Speedy uh, dunking the ball, man. Yeah, I I just thought he was a three. I thought he was uh, another Daycon Cook, but no, I don't. I don't think he's staying. Okay, so. come here. You got any thoughts on Svee? I'd like him to come back. He is what we all wanted Arenas to be. I don't know if he will come back. And our good buddy Matt Clarkson, love Matt, and he's a good dude. He's good hooper too. He made the comment that the nine that you mentioned earlier, he doesn't think the nine you mentioned are going to be coming back. Like, and that's a great. Yeah, I, I agree. Guys that are 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 on current contracts, like Kenrich Williams. Uh, Bays, Bays is hooping in a summer league with a bunch of YMCA guys. Yeah, I don't get excited. I give him a chair to shoot videos with. I'd rather see that than what he's been doing. Uh, but yeah, poke, uh, not Poku, but Bays, Ty, even dudes like Roby. Are they really a plan for the future? I don't know. Um, yeah. the thing with those guys is Kem- you, you Kemba, have to trade them for something, right? We, we've so. talked about this. I don't know if it was through text or it might have been. We might have been texting after last night's game or before last night's game. And when we, when we watched it about, man, does Kemba get traded before the draft, at the draft, or right before the season or during the season? Like, it's, yeah. it's tough to gauge that. So uh, I think that's a great point that Matt brought up as well. Definitely. Well, if we go off, at least you have those nine guys on contract. Bring back Deck, Bradley, Muscala. That's 12. You have six draft picks. We're up to 18. You have Kretschke and Mitchich. You're at 20 players. Something's got to give, right? And so, yeah, I think we're on to something. One of those or multiple of those nine guys on, on guaranteed contracts getting traded, draft picks getting combined. Um, you know, maybe they don't resign some of these uh, these restricted free agents. So there is a lot of things left to happen this summer for the Oklahoma city. My man, Keith and shouting out the truth over here in the chat. It's true. (laughs) Says Bay's hooping up in Ohio right now because he's already been traded to Cleveland (laughs) for a top three. That's incredible. Galaxy brain. I love it. Or, you know, it might have something to do with uh, Bay's being from Ohio. One of the two. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Nah. Awesome. Do you guys have any other thoughts on the roster for next season and what might give? I think we're we're all three in agreement. There's going to be some consolidation as far as draft picks are concerned. Um, any bold takes on those nine guys that currently are under contract that might not be on the team? So Kemba's obviously nine. Kemba's obviously not going to be on the team. I just wonder how long it's going to take before he gets yeah. traded and what that process looks like because. We've talked about it in a very in various ways and who you could give them to, what the return is, and man, I don't really have any hot takes. I just know the team isn't going to be that great this year, but it's going to be better than this past year, especially than like the last 30 games if Shea's uh, plantar fasciitis doesn't work out and all that stuff. We'll see. I mean, I, I heard that uh, I heard Shea wants to win now, and uh, you know he uh, might be looking somewhere else. In response to the Bay's comment that come here made, Marcus says, five years ago, Trey was hooping it up at the early wind at the Cleveland County YMCA, and look at him now. That's different. This man has been hitting half quarters since he was like six. <laughs> I love it. Um, Silva, you have uh, give me your one hot take of a guy that will not be on the Thunder roster, not named Kemba, because Kemba's the, Kemba's the low-hanging fruit. Give me another one that'll be gone 
by opening night. I, I think uh, if Presti wants to swing for the fences and like trade into the top, I, I don't know, trade for like two, three, or four, um, one of the guys that we love on the team could be gone. Not Shea. Definitely not Shea. He's staying. Um, I'm worried about like if if they wanted to, if they had to include Dort in something, that would hurt. It would hurt a lot. Dort's the uh, one that makes sense to me. I don't think the Thunder are trading Poku. No, no, no. Poku's our guy. He's uh, greased up. You can't trade a future season. 10-time All-Star. So. No, you can't. You can't. Um, I'm worried about Dort. He's just like, uh, doesn't make a lot of money right now. Super valuable uh, on both ends of the floor somehow. Um, yeah, I'm worried, worried about that if, if we're trying to trade up into the top two, three, four. Yeah, I could see it. You see Dort in the Team Canada jersey stuff today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Looks very similar uh, to a Toronto Raptors jersey. Who's sitting yeah. at number four in the draft? I need to get my hands on a Dort Canada jersey, but we need to wait for that season to start before I purchase I that jersey. I agree. You got to give it a little bit of time. That's correct. Awesome. Well, hey, before we move on to Around the Association, let's take a cruise through the comments. If you guys have any, uh, we already have a lot in here, but if anybody has any questions or comments that you want to get into the stream, go ahead and do it. We also have Woj Bomb coming through right now. It looks like Clippers assistant. Chauncey Billups, five years to Portland. Five years. Oh, my goodness. Hey, I'll tell you who's not happy about anything right now. We're going to talk about him in a second. Hey, I've talked about this before on a couple podcasts, so I feel good. Deal includes team option on the fifth year press conference Tuesday in Portland. All right, first question from the chat comes from Keithan. Call me our new glasses. I I got new glasses. Thanks for noticing, man. You're you're the best. I appreciate you. You're looking good. Thanks, man. Help me see. Sean asks, is Taylor doing quote highlights again, aka plunging the toilet? Uh, Taylor might be uh, blowing up the toilet on the airplane. I don't know. I don't think I'm allowed to say blow up an airplane <laughs> in the same sentence though. So yeah, you can't can't say the b words on airplanes, and it's and it's it's the word bomb. So the stream just got flagged. <laughs> no, uh, I love it. Um optimistic OKC and Celtics fan. He's got all his bases covered here. I like it. He says Trey Mann would be excellent at 16 or 18. I believe Trey Mann had his pro day today as well. Um, but obviously everyone looks good in a pro day because you're going in an empty gym. So um, what else do we have here? Sean asks, will book night, we talked a lot about book night, maybe the Thunder training up to 10. Will he get past number nine or 10? Will he get to a point where the Thunder could trade up to get him? Yeah, I've seen people mock him to at least the eight. Or I, because, I've seen seven to, to yeah. Golden State. Mm. Because nobody wants nobody wants to actually draft Franz Wagner. Let's get that straight. Nobody yeah. actually wants to do that. I no mean, one, yeah, no one's getting excited about that. The one. dude probably ate chapstick as a child. Look at him. <laughs> um I read and, uh Davion Mitchell at seven, maybe for Golden State. That feels like oh, a reach to that me. That makes me want to throw up. Feels like a reach to me. You want to draft Patrick yeah. Beverly at seven? <laughs> Is that a hot take? A little bit. Yeah. I think Davion Mitchell has a little bit more shooting and skill to offer than just being a gremlin. Um, <laughs> Josh Giddy is sliding down because he's, I don't know, not American. I don't know. Like, <laughs> hey, my man's put on some weight. Dude's up to 220. Woo! Four. Is he getting thick or is he bulking up? Yeah. No, he's, he's like buff. I was, okay. And he's over there. He's playing. He's playing. Uh, the, Olympic oh ball, yeah, Olympic ball with mm. the Australians. He and Joe Ingles and Patty Mills. Maybe you can hang out with Ben Simmons for a while. Actually, I don't think Ben Simmons is playing the Olympics, <laughs> is he? 
He's not hanging out with anybody. I don't think he's nah. just well liked in general right now. Optimistic OKC and Celtics fan again says uh, he wouldn't mind Moses Moody either. Hey, Moses Moody is a guy that I really like. Measure the the biggest wingspan relative to his size at the combine, plus eight and a half inches. It's pretty incredible. Wingspan. Like basically, he uh, doesn't even need to bend over to tie his shoes, which is incredible. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you see the picture of him where he's like bent over and one hand's on the floor and the other hand's at like the top of the door frame. Oh yeah. It's great. Oh, it's God. great. It's incredible. Like, seeing him swim would probably like just be an optical illusion if we're being honest. <laughs> and <laughs> it's, I, I love uh, Matt in the chat says, would Jacob be happy with book night at six? And it's just, man, like there's so many things that could go wrong in a draft, right? Look, there's so many things that could go wrong yeah. and like everybody's going to be watching all of these scouting videos from like hoop intellect that Jacob had on the podcast the other day. You should go check that out. It's a nice plug. See how I did that. I love it. Hey, and, Keandre's a good dude too. And yeah. Keandre. Yeah. And, um, you know, everybody's going to be doing all these things and it won't matter until three years down the road. For example, mm -hmm. campaign. It took this man like six years to pan out. He had to go to China. It looks like he's seen some serious stuff while he was there and uh he looks like he's aged considerably in his face but still hooping still a little looks bit. like still looks like sid for my stage though a little bit just, oh my God. yeah and uh <laughs> so like we don't we won't ever know like remember um memphis drafted brandon clark first year fantastic second year they tried to mess with this jump shot off yeah it was, and, uh, yeah now he's mkg <laughs> and so it's it's just we can talk about these prospects all day and you're going to, everybody's going to be, including Jacob, who's fallen in love with Scotty Barnes, even though like, right. don't break my are, heart. Scotty. There are so many other players and they're, they're, they're going to be better. Uh, it's just incredible. Just think about. Yeah. And, and there's always a guy in that top five or six that just doesn't pan out. Right. Like, uh, always have Darko uh, Milicic. Yep, exactly. Uh, Joseph Griffin asks, who's the first young star to come available that the Thunder can trade for? And actually keep is cat is is cat the uh, the first one? I feel like I they got a good thing so. going there now with uh, Anthony Edwards. I don't know if I'd pull the trigger on cat for what the price would be. No, no, I do not want a offense like basically he's a souped up Ennis Cantor, and I'm not about. <laughs> I that. love it. Oh, I love it. Call me ours. Comps. Am I wrong though? I don't know. I want am you to be I, wrong, but I don't know. Am if you I wrong are. though? And I, totally. and I and I feel like I'm not too off on that because, like, of course, all the dudes on uh, all the dudes on TNT, uh, Chuck and Kenny the Jet and all those dudes, they said the exact same thing. So, like, don't act like it's me being crazy. They they've also said the exact same thing about Cat is just Ennis Cantor. He just has a little bit more skill, and that's it. And so, I would not want a cat. I want a defensive big. Somebody that can play defense that doesn't compromise the entire thing. Like, like an Aiton. Yeah. Aiton. Exactly. Aiton, he has a lot of room to grow. He's going to get a jump shot. We were talking about this last night. Uh, but what it stands, what makes him stand apart, far apart, is he is strong, he's athletic, and he can actually run out and contest shots. Unlike uh, the defensive MVP for the last million years, Rudy Gobert, who shut down the league because of COVID. And then he. Uh, then uh can't step out 10 feet from the rim can only play drop coverage yeah. yeah that's great 
Yeah. Uh, so what about and, what about De'Aaron Fox? That's an interesting name. I don't want De'Aaron. I mean, I I love De'Aaron Fox, but him and Shea together. Yeah, would you um, play Shea at the two a lot? Yeah, at I the, think you just three, let, them both, I suppose. let them both yeah. handle the ball. I think they'd be fine. Uh, any other young guys that could become available? Um, nothing immediately jumps off the page to me. Here's uh, here's one that Elijah Dwyer has. Could the Thunder make a trade for uh, Tyler Hero? We were maybe, just talking about this the other night too, right? Maybe with, uh, with Kemba Walker. I think Kemba does match the timeline of Miami well. Uh, I think Kemba would be a good contrast to Jimmy Butler in the backcourt for sure. Um, that's an interesting one, right? Like what if Miami goes into free agency, they strike out on Kyle Lowry, uh, they strike out on, I don't know if they'd even try for like a Mike Conley, but they're stuck just running it back with an aging um, Goran Dragic, right? Is is that something that they would pull the trigger for and make a a Kemba Walker swap and include Tyra hero. in it. I mean, I don't know. They wouldn't include Tyra hero in a hardened trade. So, yeah, I think I may have read that they wouldn't include him in a Lowry trade either, which is, you know, I don't know. It's also just taking, I feel like there's too many uh, injury risks at that point. If you're adding Kemba to your team, that's true. Like, like Jimmy missed time this year. They obviously have Vic. If they're going to, if they're even going to bring him back, I don't know. Mm-hmm. His contract expiring. I don't know. It's a lot of risks. It's going to be interesting to see what Miami does. So, Awesome. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for being active in the chat, dropping your questions. Please continue to do so. And make sure you join us if you're not listening to this live. Join us Sundays at 9 p.m. Get your questions in the chat. Come and hang out with us. It's always a blast. Kamiar, Silva, it is time for us to take a trip around the association. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? 
you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> Gentlemen, we are currently in the middle of Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks. Out West, mm-hmm. 3-1 mm-hmm. in favor of the Phoenix Suns mm-hmm. as they go up against the Los Angeles Clippers. My question for you all, this very widely discussed is a very wide open race for a title. Any of the four teams, I think people are probably lowest on Atlanta, but any of the four teams could win the championship this year. My question for you guys, of the four remaining teams, which one has the most to lose if they do not make it to the NBA Finals? Silva? I'm, I'm really torn between two. It's the Bucks or the Suns. The Bucks because I don't know if they'll have a path like they did again. And that's kind of the mm-hmm. same reason why for Phoenix, uh, but Phoenix, more of an, it's more of an age thing. Like Chris Paul's huge contributor there and he's only getting older with the bucks it's more like the teams around them are just going to keep getting way better like the nets are assuming the nets are healthy that's a really difficult obstacle for them Mm -hmm. um to come back from philly you got to think boston's on the rise again right right. um atlanta's gonna be good apparently uh so that's i think the bucks this is their opportunity so you you have the bucks as the most to lose here if let's say the bucks lose in this eastern conference finals I think a lot of people will still speculate and maybe come to fruition that Mike Budenholzer is gone. Yeah. Um, do they make more roster changes? I know they're very limited on what they can do, but do you see something else happening there? I would like, so I've, I've heard, uh, I've heard and read things like swapping maybe Chris Middleton for like a CJ McCollum, just cause he might play make a little bit more than Chris Middleton does. And that's kind of been the issue on uh, for Milwaukee. They make offense look really difficult. Um, even, even <laughs> yeah. when there's like, clear matchups they can expose um that's something i've thought about i, just, I honestly just thought drew would be better for drew them. offensively um, drew's been very poor in the playoffs yeah so but i don't know what else they could do yeah because uh, they did so much for drew Kamiar of the four remaining finalists which one has the most to lose if they don't make it out of their conference finals it had i agree so but it has to be milwaukee i mean i i understand the whole phoenix gig because Chris, literally, Chris Paul has been making them perform at a higher level. I don't think anybody's disagreeing with that. And he's on a timetable, right? Whereas over in Milwaukee, you've got Giannis, who's fairly young and an MVP guy. You got Chris Middleton there. Uh, and then you got a couple other guys, you know, Drew Holiday. But this year, um, it has to be Milwaukee because. I mean, the Hawks aren't going to get it done. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm disappointed that the Hawks are not. They're not going to win the night. Doesn't look like, uh, and and the Hawks are going to be back eventually. I mean, they got a, a core of the young guys, so mm-hmm. they don't have really anything to lose. Uh, Budenholder's losing his job, regardless. Um, and if the if, if the Bucks don't win it this year, Katie, Kyrie, and James Harden, uh, Joe Harris, all do. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, those dudes are back. Yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie, yeah. 
uh, and, and uh, the Sixers, I mean, regardless if what happens with Ben Simmons, if he does get a jump shot, cool. If he doesn't, uh, I don't know what happens there. And Tobias Harris, they're going to retool and try to get better around MB too. And so that's going to leave the Bucks, who still can't shoot, who still can't formulate any sort of offense, which is weird because Budenholzer had the ball movement with the Atlanta Hawks a while ago when they were like just ripping them off with Paul Millsap. That was a, that was a fun time. And they had Mike Muscala there too. And um, to me, the Suns, like they're young. They're very young with the exception of Chris Paul. And to me, like, this has proved that they are a very, very good NBA team and can maybe be attractive to other superstars or, you know, a guy they can go trade and get after um, that could just take them to that next level like Chris Paul did. So to me, uh, it's got to be the Bucks. This is their chance to do it all. And if they do not, they their window of opportunity shrinks um, significantly. I like it. I think I agree with both of you guys. Any... Any chance it's the Clippers? I mean, I know Kawhi isn't playing, but any chance the Clippers lose this? Kawhi reportedly upset with the the Clippers medical staff. Uh, If the Clippers go down and lose in game five uh, in Phoenix, is there a chance that Kawhi walks and this was the Clippers' only chance and everything blows up for them? Sounds like the same song, just a different verse from when he did the exact same thing in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, only difference is this is LA, not South Texas. And that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a tough thing to, to suggest about that. I mean, do we want the Clippers to lose? Yes. Do we want their, uh, institution in their, in their program in chaos because of the future picks? Odo KC? Yes. Uh, but at the same time, LA is LA. They will always get some sort of star, uh, or some sort of, mild star i mean like paul george the dude like the dude mentally has screwed himself over the last two games or i guess two of the last three games and so i mean Kawhi's looking at this from the top and is like man is this really my running mate are we are we serious right now this mental midget kind of guy that he just can't get past himself and so i think that Kawhi would be willing to give it another ghost because la i mean he won the NBA title, Toronto. They could have ran it back. And he said, nah, I want to go somewhere where it's warm and I can go to a club at like midnight. It's fine. Um, so I don't think there's a lot at stake for the Clips because I think they rec- recognize the Lakers are getting old. Braun is going to start breaking down at some point more often. Anthony Davis breaks down a lot already. Yeah. And then you have to, like, I mean, Dennis Schroeder, like, denied that contract earlier this year. Maybe he wishes he would not have done that. And there's a lot of other other players that, I mean, man, it's just, I don't I don't see it. Hey, I don't see there's a lot to lose for the Clips. The Lakers don't got to worry. They're going to trade KCP and Kyle Kuzma for Damian Lillard, all right? Yeah, do you like that? Do you like that that meme I recreated? <laughs> that meme is incredible. <laughs> we'll, we'll retweet the meme on the pod account so everybody can see it. Speaking of Guys, before we get out of here, we have to touch on it. Uh, I had actually written up our outline before the Dame news broke. Uh, so earlier this week, we had quotes uh, via Woj from Maury and Clutch Sports about Ben Simmons, his future in Philly. Apparently, Maury and um, the the leadership of Clutch Sports met in at in Chicago at the draft combine uh, to discuss maybe what Ben Simmons' future looks like. Uh, it's hard to believe Ben Simmons won't be traded at this point. 
after the comments from Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers. Uh, and then the bombshell comes from Chris Haynes, uh, who is notably Damian Lillard's mouthpiece, uh, that they may want out after the way fans have responded to him when he uh, asked for Jason Kidd and Chauncey Billups. Uh, I think that's a little bit corny. Uh, Dame saying that he had no impact on the coaching hire when they interviewed the guys that he wanted them to hire. Dame uh, is a little bit corny and a bit of a whiny person. He whined his way into the all-star game, Jake. Yes. And like, I don't know, th th this Chris Haynes report to me just screams like Dame trying to get the fans back on his side by saying like, oh, well, if I leave, like you're going to be real upset. So you better be nice to me again. This is very much like PR control by Dame. It feels like to me, um, maybe he does eventually want out right that, but man, what a hit to his perception. That would be the guy that firmly planted his flag on, on staying with one team and being in Portland. What, what was the comment he made to Paul George about, um, Riding coattails or or like running from challenge, basically. Yeah, running from the challenge. Yeah, and then if if they the grind, to, the grind. Yeah, yeah, the grind forces way out. So that leads me to want to ask. I actually made this a Twitter poll earlier this week or last week, uh, but I wanted to get your guys' opinion on the pod, and I really wanted to, to to dive into this. Which of these star duos is most likely to get split up this off season? We've got Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis, who apparently just don't like each other per a report today, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. Of those four duos, Kamiar, which one is most likely to get split this summer? Two of them at the same time. I don't know what the trade looks like at all. I have no idea what this trade looks like. Um, but I was thinking, man, wouldn't it be interesting if Dame decided to decided to find greener pastures because Portland is Portland and no matter what they do, I don't think there's ever going to have enough. Cause if Dame is going to be the, the ceiling of the superstar, cause no, like what other big superstar is going to go to Portland? If mm -hmm. Dame is going to be the biggest superstar, you're not going to win an NBA title. And their roster building has been poor. I mean, you traded two yes. firsts for um, Broco, yeah, Robert Covington. Robert Covington. Yeah. And so I don't know what the trade looks like, um, but I could easily see Damian Lillard teaming up with Luka Doncic in a via trade. And I would be, I would have a lot of fun with that. But at the same time, uh, my man uh, Jacob Silva over here, he sent me a screenshot of Damian Lillard on his way to Boston um, in a, in with that includes Jalen Brown. And I thought, Ooh, that's very spicy as well. Um, so either, either one of those makes sense to me, but Brad, I think Brad Stevens unloading the clip as the new GM right off the it, bat. He's well, but that's the thing is like people like, Oh, Boston wouldn't do that. No, 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 no. Danny, Danny Ainge would do that. And then, Ainge. then later he would tweet about how they tried so hard to do these things. It's like, no. So Brad Stevens is a dude that's like actually there to do business instead of Danny Ainge just like clutching his purse of assets that he once had and that his ass kicked by the team he fleeced so long ago. Yep. Comes full circle. Full circle, man. Silva, which of the duos is first to split? Most likely to split. 
Yeah, this is tough for me because uh, Dame and CJ have been some of my favorite players for a long time, long time. But uh, they're probably going to get split up, um, especially with these comments from Dame coming out. He's just not happy there. And I, I think he still has four years left on his contract. So, like, unless he specifically says, I want out, which I don't think he'll do just because of what it would do to his reputation at this point. Um, I don't think he's doing that. So CJ's probably gone. Um, and it might involve breaking up the Ben Simmons, uh, Joel Embiid duo. Yeah, that that's mine as the Philly duo. I mm-hmm. think again, I, I think it's just too hard. You can't, you can walk back as much as you want, but you can never like take back the, the Joel Embiid and the doc rivers comments. Um, I think that ship has sailed. Yeah. So that that's an interesting one. Kamyar, you saying that whenever you said two teams would lose their break up their duos at the same time, I thought you were going Portland Philly. You went Portland Dallas. Everyone likes to talk CJ for Ben Simmons. What about Ben Simmons and a handful of picks for Damian Lillard? That would be very fun to watch. And then he put Dame Lillard and, and Joel Embiid together out there in Philly. I would enjoy that very much. That'd be sick. I don't know how many picks it would take. Yeah. Probably four or five. You that, guys are you guys are big on the bandwagon of getting rid of Ben Simmons, though. I, oh, yeah. I, I think it's going to happen. Uh, of the four duos that we mentioned, which is the least likely to split? I'm interested because I think one is very clearly like the least likely, but I want to know what your guys' opinions are. I say the Mavs just because of the league's perception of Chris Apps Porzingis right now and his contract. Oh, okay. That's the only reason why. You think Chris Apps too hard to move? Yes. I think it's very clearly Mitchell and Gobert. That's what I thought as well. That's what I, I think a small market team like Utah is call me or you mentioned they're going to, they're going to clutch on and not let those things go. Yes. It was embarrassing how they went out. No Kawhi Leonard, losing back-to-back games while Gobert sits there and watch, watches man drain three after three after three. But they were the number one seed in the West. They had a great season. Uh, Mitchell is a budding superstar in this league. And uh, I, I see something like that. Like I don't, I, I don't think that Simmons and Embiid will be broken up this even this season. Um, Don, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert... I mean, like, sure, they're going to stay together just because that's Utah. And who wants Luke, Gobert? That is like, the problem. Luca. Yeah. And Especially Chris on that Dapps, contract. Yeah. Luca and Chris Dapps, according to that report, don't know how accurate it is, but saying straight up just don't even like each other because, <laughs> and I think, I think it's more along the lines of Porzingis is just jealous that he's not really even a second option anymore to Tim Hardaway. Oh, play better asshole um and then fourth <laughs> damien and cj damien lillard's issues with the front office mm-hmm. him and cj love each other but i think it's a necessary evil that you have to get rid of cj if you want to take that team to the next level but i don't know who wants cj and rope and robert covington in a pick or two and what that even nets you um doesn't get you an all-star i don't think I think most likely to go is like if if we're not trading, of course, across party lines, getting Luca uh, Lillard, it's pretty obvious that I think Porzingis is the first one to leave out of all those guys. Interesting. So let me ask you guys this. Hold up. Waj basketball operations is transitioning to something interesting. 
for Utah. Yep. Oh, all right. That's intriguing. There you go. Right on cue. Drop the Gobert trade, Woj. So, <laughs> of so, so Luca's not getting traded. Embiid is not getting traded. Donovan Mitchell is not getting traded. We're all on the same page there, correct? Mm-hmm. So if the Utah duo were to get split, it's Gobert. If the Dallas duo were to get split, it's Porzingis. If the Philly duo were to get split, it's Ben Simmons. And for argument's sake, just for this podcast, let's say if the Portland duo were to get split, it's CJ McCollum. Well, at the end of the day, the Thunder have the best package of, of picks to trade for any of those guys. If the Thunder had to make a move for one of those four, Porzingis, Gobert, Simmons, or CJ, which one do you like the most? Simmons, I guess, for age reasons and, and defensive reasons. And because I trust our player development staff. Um, that's that's pretty much it. it Chris Stapps is probably a second, for sure. I just don't want him to interfere interfere with my dear uh, Alexi. Alexi Pokushevsky. <laughs> don't get in the way. Yeah. And then the other two I don't really care about, CJ no. or Gobert. They, neither of those make sense. Uh, call me our, of those four, which one do you think makes the most sense? Well, the, the Thunder, I don't think, are going to get involved here at all. But let's just say, for shits and giggles, they wanted to swing for the fences here. Which Which of those four do you think makes the most sense? Man, it's tough. Um, I go back and forth between Simmons and Porzingis. Uh, Porzingis, mm-hmm. you can rehabilitate his career and do the Al Horford shake for him. You know, um, at the same time, Ben Simmons, you might be able to rehabilitate him for a minute, but like giving him more touches, you're just going to see more of the same stuff unless he starts shooting outside jumpers, which I don't think that will be a thing for him, for his career. I just think he will be the same guy. He might add something later, like a corner three, but other than that, I don't, I just don't see it. Um, and I get people, why would people would say for Ben Simmons, because he's young, he kind of fits the timeline a little bit more. Um, and it just depends on Presti's vision. Um, Right now, how far are you away from actually competing? Simmons, I don't think so. Uh, Porzingis, bring him in, let him hoop, especially at the, the four or five, and send him off for some something, picks or whatever that wants a guy like him. Um, so I just don't think Simmons is the dude. Carrie mm-hmm. uh, Cicero says Simmons' personality doesn't fit the Thunder mold. In his opinion, I agree. We, we're Neither agreeing. did Nerlens, though. Yeah, Simmons seems very not intrinsically motivated. Like he just he doesn't have a drive to want to to get better. It seems like that's a lot of the reporting as well. Hey, here's my hot take: Simmons or Porzingis. I think I'm with you guys. It's one of those two, but both of them play the five in OKC, anyways, right? It's it, it's interesting. So. It's interesting because Ben Simmons was on those Jimmy Butler teams, and Jimmy Butler was not well liked among his peers because he's a guy like Russ that will call you on your BS and tell you to get your game better. And Simmons doesn't seem like the kind of guy that takes that motivation well. Whereas Oladipo looks at Russ and is like, he's the reason why yeah. I'm the, I'm where I am before prior to his injury. And you look at CP3. Aiden saying like he's pushed me in ways I've never been coached before. And I feel like Ben Simmons would not mesh well with a CP three either. I think 
I think Ben Simmons is kind of full of himself as an NBA player. Like, and of course, if I'm making millions of dollars, I'm full of myself too. But like, I think he thinks that he's okay and he just needs to make minor adjustments to his game. Whereas if you get him in the gym with Russ and CP3 and Braun, I think all those dudes would be shitting all over him. Like, mm-hmm. can you imagine the daily amount of verbal abuse Braun probably dishes out to Kyle Kuzma? <laughs> I don't even want to imagine. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, boy, and, 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 and like, so if, hey, man, if Ben Simmons is cool with being like eccentric, eccentric uh, Evan Turner for the rest of his career, go for it, buddy. Uh, but, I love but, cop so much. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like, I don't want him in a, in a, in a Thunder uniform. I, uh, I just don't see it. No, I agree. I agree. All right, gentlemen, uh, we are at an hour. Any more thoughts? before we call this episode good the hawks lost and i'm kind of upset about it considering Uh-oh. that they were up big early trey was talking a lot of shit there at the beginning that didn't end up very well and keeping it real goes wrong <laughs> if dame gets traded for jalen brown somebody's got to buy me a pizza buy you a pizza that's all that's all yeah. that's got to happen just a pizza yeah we'll make it happen silva and eagle awesome. one pizza oh well, yeah thank you guys so much for joining the young contested the only podcast where you get comps like Carl Anthony Towns, just a souped-up Ennis Cantor, <laughs> and Ben Simmons is an eccentric. Who was it again? Evan Turner. An eccentric Evan Turner. God, eccentric I love Evan Turner. Yeah. Comiars. We need to get Justin to start making like clutch point graphics of Comiars comparisons. I love it. Uh, if you guys joined us live tonight, thank you so much, man. We love getting on Sunday nights and hanging out with you all. Here's in the podcast version. Thanks so much. We appreciate you. Make sure you go follow our boy Silva. He's at JD. Is it JD Silva or JD underscore Silva? Uh, JD Silva underscore. JD Silva underscore. Go follow Silva on Twitter. All of his work is there. He does awesome stuff for the Norman transcript. We will be back with you Monday evening for a Spotify Green Room Hangout. And then Wednesday, we'll be recording a podcast episode on Spotify Green Room. So make sure you download that app. Come and join us. Drop a five-star rating on the podcast. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your dog's best friend's owner. And the dogs. And the dogs themselves. Hey, dogs love the uncontested. We'll be talking to you guys here in about 24 hours. Until then, have a great start to your week. And as always, thunder up. P.S. Go draft Scotty Barnes. Please. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 
Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.